first of all, I just want to give a, a thanks there to Aaron Brink, or Brink rather, Brink is like, a, that's the South African pronunciation of his last name, but he designed the, the new series image that you saw there on screen, and uh, hopefully you were able to recognize what that is, it's the burning bush, right, it is where uh, Moses, of course, had his encounter with the God of the Bible, the Hebrew God. And he spoke to Moses through this burning bush. And we are trusting that, you know, God is going to meet us in the same way as he did Moses. Not necessarily through a burning bush, because that was, of course, an indication and a foreshadowing of what God was going to do uh, in the future in Israel's history and in the, the life of his people by sending his son, Jesus Christ, and then empowering them with the burning fire, the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I want to be upfront and honest here when I start the series that I, I prayed about it and I was thinking about this opportunity to teach and preach here in the month of April while our lead pastor, Glenn Davies, is on his sabbatical. And he will return here officially uh, in the pulpit on May 7th. But as I was thinking and praying about, okay, Lord, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping into this opportunity. God, what is it that you want to tell your people? What is it that this church needs? Initially, I thought I was going to take on Leviticus. And then it was like, what on earth are you thinking? <laughs> and then God just said, whoa, 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 hold on, Rudy. Just, uh, just hold on. Uh, and I sensed God really impressing my heart, call people back to basics and, and a very basic thing of being able to hear my voice, how to discern my voice. And I prayed about it, and then I was reminded about a seminar that John and I had done uh, with a group of, of leaders, core leaders from my previous church in Williams Lake. And we traveled to Steinbeck, Manitoba in 2016 to attend a seminar called the Set Free Seminar. It's very similar to Freedom Sessions, if you've heard of Freedom Sessions or the Journey Course. And part of that seminar was um, a teaching about hearing God's voice. And that changed our lives. Uh, it really impacted my life tremendously in being able to, for the first time, not really for the first time, but really more uh, personally be able to engage in a conversation with God. And that's specifically through journaling. And uh, hence why I encouraged you this week to get a journal and uh, to be prepared for this teaching series. And, and that is kind of like what inspired me. And then I went and I looked for the old material that I had, and I thought, man, I would love to adapt this. I would love to, to add to it. I would love to use various resources. And, and I emailed that church and I asked them, listen, can I get permission to utilize some of your resources and this uh, material that I went through and, and, and did a couple of times in this teaching series? And they gave me permission. And so I want to be upfront and honest to say that this teaching series is not content that Rudy came up with. Uh, primarily, it is, of course, coming from the Word of God, uh, out of the Bible, but I am utilizing various resources to compile the series. So, yeah, that is just so that you know uh, what the origin of it is. But it is clear for me that this is the right time for it. If we look at the season we're in, if you just look at what it's like outside, it is spring, uh, there's new life, uh, leaves are budding, um, Flowers are in bloom, and people are out and about busy. They are getting their gardens ready. Those people who are, you know, self-sustaining farmers, and they've got their own vegetable gardens, you would know that you're cultivating the soil at this time of year, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, <laughs> not someone who, who farms or, or have ever done that, but the springtime is where you get ready so that when the, the temperature and, and just... Circumstances are ready that you can sow seeds, that you can plant seeds, and then during the summer month that you can see growth happen and in the end have a harvest. And so I believe in this season that is what God 
is calling us back to that we prepare our hearts, that we prepare the soil so that our hearts are ready for what He wants to sow into our hearts. Now, I'm going to throw on screen there for you the theme verse for this series, and it is out of John chapter 15, verse 5. And again, I want to encourage you, have your journal open. You're going to have to make lots of notes. There's a lot of Scripture coming your way today. But make note of this one. Jesus says in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The main thing that I hear from that verse is we need to remain in the vine. As his branches, we need to hear his voice. We need to be in tune with what God is saying. Because apart from his power, we can do absolutely nothing. And so for this first message here today, we are going to look at four things, okay? Four points. First of all, we are going to look at the foundations for knowing God, the foundations of getting in relationship with God, the foundation to remain in Jesus, we are going to look at the question of, does God still speak today? Lastly, the hindrances to hearing God's voice. And then we're going to have a practicum. We're going to have a practical time where we're going to listen together. Okay, It's the first time that we're going to do this via Facebook Live. So bear with us. <laughs> we're, please pray with us that technology um, yeah, is with us this morning. So... Uh, before we dive in there, let me just pray again for us, and uh, we'll get started. Yeah, uh, Father, we just thank you once again. We thank you. You are the vine, and we as your children, we are the branches. And we thank you that we can come and sit at your feet, and that we can come and listen. Father, give us Open ears, give us open eyes to see with our hearts and to hear what you have to say this morning. And I, I just invite you in. I invite you in, Holy Spirit, into our midst. Come and speak, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Hope you're ready. Got that journal open. Make those notes. Jeff, what a guy. I got him a journal this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, first one, the foundations for knowing God. I thought it would be good that we, you know, before we just carry on by looking at the question, does God still speak today? We, we need to deal with very basic foundations. And the first one that I want to share there with you is the first foundation is that here at the Rock Church, we believe and we know there is a God who has revealed himself to the world in Jesus Christ so that we might come to know Him. That's the very first foundation. If you have been with us here at the Rock Church for some time, I hope this is not a surprise for you, because <laughs> that would be very weird. And if you are new to the Rock Church, we want to say, that is what we're all about here at Rock Church. We exist to make Jesus known. That is our vision and mission statement. And we work from that basis of that Jesus said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus is the foundation for us. Hebrews 1 verses 1 to 2 says this, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is the creator of the world. Jesus is the author of life. And Jesus is the one that we worship as Savior, Lord, and King. So that is a very important foundation. Second one, eternal life is to then know God but for God to know you in return. This is very important that 
Eternity does not just start one day when you die. It is not when Jesus returns for his church. It's not at resurrection, but it is actually now. The kingdom has already come. It is now alive and well and active, and we can live in Jesus' kingdom. Jesus puts it this way in John 17, verse 3. He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is eternal life. There is a God who made himself known through Jesus Christ. That is how you can come to know God when you submit your life to Jesus Christ. When you acknowledge your sin and you repent of your life and you have His Spirit come and live inside of you. And that is eternal life to know God because that is the only way Jesus says that you can know God. So that's how you can know Him. But listen to the next scripture. This next passage can be very unsettling to many people. Matthew 7 verses 21 to 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, not everyone who says Jesus is Lord will have eternal life. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So yes, repentance and trusting in Jesus, faith in Jesus, you're saved by grace through faith. That changes your actions so that you do the will of uh, the Father. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus wants to know you. He has to know you in order that you have eternal life. And that passage talks about actually many good works, prophesying, casting out demons, Mighty works in his name. And he says, listen, I never knew you. I think if we look at the church in the last year, we have had many examples that we can go to where it's evident that the church had been involved in many of those activities or many doing many things. But the question is, does Jesus know us? If we look at what had happened in the last year, South of the border and even here in Canada, we have two examples I can quickly highlight to us that it is evident that we desperately need to hear God. We saw in the 2020 elections a side of the church that had a bit of an unholy, I would say, allegiance in politics to the extent that many Christian leaders, so-called prophets, predicted the outcome of the elections. And in the end, proved to be false and wrong. Now, to give credit to some of those, there were some of them that apologized, asked forgiveness, but the majority of those did not. And so we can look at the church and look at that side of the church and say, oh, those charismaniacs, (laughs) look at what they've done again. But on the other side of the spectrum, we have in the church also a tendency to lean in to say, hold on, we want nothing to do with that because of those people. We're just going to rely on our minds, our intellect. We're going to defend the faith, apologetics and and reason. And there we saw an example of one of Christianity's most esteemed apologists and evangelists, Ravi Zacharias, come to a fall. First of all, he passed away. But after his death, revelations came to the front about his double life. And how he was taking advantage of women sexually. Such damage done to the church, to the testimony of the church. Because in both cases, on both spectrums, I would say there is not a clear discernment of God's voice in your life. If that is what happens. So we got to watch out that we don't just go and say, well, because of that, we don't want to hear God's voice. We're just going to rely on our minds. Because in both cases, we can be mistaken as the church, and we clearly need to come back to sit at Jesus' feet. You see, in the end, eternal life is not about what you do, but it is about who you know. 
if you know Jesus, you will then know that he calls you to be one of his sheep. And Jesus says in John 10 verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And that is what, as the church, we need to come back to and, and say, listen, are we in his fold? Are we hearing his voice clearly? That's the second foundation. Third one there, how can I know that I know God? 1 John 3 verse 24 says, The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us. Jesus put it in a different way by saying that those who actually know him and have his Spirit then in him, their works will show it. John 13, verse 34 to 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And when he says one another, he's talking about his disciples, the church. Because you see, many people will say, hold on, I don't need the church. I can do good works on my own. I can go and feed the orphans. I can look after widows. I can go downtown Squamish and go to helping hands. I can go and do that. I don't need to be part of Jesus' church. But you see, Jesus says that it actually starts with loving his people first. Love God first, then loving his people. That will be the fruit to show that you actually do have eternal life. Are you in a living relationship then with him and in his family? So the main idea around these foundations I want to emphasize is that God speaks. Jesus says his sheep listen to his voice. It's present tense. We listen. It is a constant lifestyle. And just because people cannot hear his voice does not mean that he is not speaking. Because many people say, well, I can't hear God. It doesn't mean he's not speaking. Okay, so those are the foundations. Now, the big question that I'm going to look at, of course, today is, does God still speak today? And for many people, they might say, oh, this is a silly question. Of course, he still speaks today. But it can be very controversial because of those examples that I gave you. You've got a group of people that do certain things, and they supposedly hear God, and they utter prophecies, but then something happens, and it looks like, oh my goodness, that was a mistake. Or you get the other example where someone is living a life and justifying certain actions because this is a man of God. But, oops, clearly there's a mistake. So it's very important for us to go and have a look at how does God still speak today. I want to throw up Acts 2 verse 16 to 18 there that talks about how God is going to speak to his church in the end times, in the last days. It says there, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, he will pour out, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, on your sons and your daughters. They shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, they shall prophesy. When did the last day start? The last day started, of course, when Jesus was born, and especially for his church at his ascension, and when the Spirit of God was poured out. Ever since then, we are still in the last days. But I don't want to emphasize the different ways God is going to empower His people. I want to say that for me, what stands out from that passage is that God promises that He will speak. The main idea from that passage is God is going to speak. He's going to speak to His whole church, sons and daughters, young people, old people, everyone is able to hear God's voice. That is the main idea from that passage. Now, let's break that down a little bit. 
Because it doesn't just mean that I'm walking around and, you know, you've got this download and, you know, everything, you know, everything God is thinking and, and saying to you. Because there needs to be a foundation here again. And the first one I want to highlight for us that's very important here at the Rock Church is the primary way God communicates is through His written word, through the Bible, the Logos. The reason for that is 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 to 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All of Scripture, the whole Old Testament and the New Testament, it's, it's one whole story of God's redemptive plan for mankind. The second one I'm going to throw on there is Hebrews 4 verse 12. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So, the Word of God, this collection of 66 books is alive. It's living. It's a supernatural book. It is prophetic in nature that it speaks to people. And that's a very, very important foundation for hearing God's voice. The one pastor that originally came up with the seminar of hearing God, Ray Dirksen, he used to say that Trying to hear God without the Bible is like a very dangerous cocktail. It creates havoc. And that's why, because we know that God has provided to us His written word that we can work from as our basis. The second one there, does God still speak today, is about the role of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 26, we read Jesus say, says this about the Holy Spirit. The Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The main idea is this, that Scripture cannot be understood apart from hearing the Holy Spirit. We believe it is clear from Jesus' teaching that the Holy Spirit is God Himself, and He is the, the ultimate interpreter and teacher of Scripture in the, the lives of believers, in His church. Now, the question then here, this is where it can become controversial, of course. What does this look like? How does this manifest in the church? Now, I'm just going to highlight three main things or forms that I see how the Holy Spirit teaches and instructs us. It's not exhaustive, but I think for our purpose, this will be very helpful. Firstly, I want to emphasize that it can happen by an understanding from God, how the Holy Spirit is able through the Word of God and through a passage, able to give us understanding. Example of this is in Ephesians 1 verse 17, where Paul writes, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. So in other words, that spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and revelation, deeper understanding into Scripture. An example I can give out of my own life is before I was baptized, before I came to faith in Jesus, I read the Bible, but on many occasions didn't make a lot of sense. Some of the things I, I struggled to really feel as if what I was reading was alive. But then when I took that step of obedience and I was baptized, it really felt as though Scripture that I was reading was jumping up and that the Holy Spirit was actually alive in me giving me deeper understanding into passages that I'd read before, but it's like, I've never seen this. And giving me an understanding maybe of context and, and what it would have been like in the situation that I was reading. And, and later on, I would then perhaps go and read commentary, 
And it wouldn't be exactly in line with a scholar's commentary, but it would, would be similar to it, and I wouldn't be far off. And that, for me, practically is an example of how just supernaturally the Holy Spirit gives me an understanding of reading Scripture. A second form of teaching and, and a way that the Holy Spirit can teach us and work through the Scripture is through a message. An example of this is Acts 8.29. And we know this example in the book of Acts. This is where Philip the evangelist is commanded by an angel to go to a certain area. And there he sees a carriage. And then it says in verse 29, The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. He hears, sounds like an audible voice, okay? But I want to suggest to you that a message from God wouldn't necessarily always come maybe through an audible voice. Some people have said that they have heard a voice or, or someone telling them something. But I can give an example of where I was at a worship conference. And at that worship conference, for example, I was in front of the church in the coffee shop sitting, and I think I was just on my phone. And I'd noticed there was a, a strange fellow. He was walking, pacing up and down, and he was praying. And uh, I noticed him on the first day, second day. By the third day, he came to me the one time, and he said, listen, I've noticed you, and I've been praying, and, and I just felt God say that I need to tell you that people trust you. And in that moment, it was a message from God by His Spirit through a person that was praying. Because what He had said was speaking right into a message that I was struggling with for such a long time. Where I had heard someone specifically tell me that people don't trust me. And that word that He spoke into my life was like, this is of God. Because these, this guy did not know me. I had not filled this in in a questionnaire before the, the um, worship conference had started, or th this is not on Google. There's no way that he could have found that. And that was an example for me of how God, through His Spirit, can speak to us and give us a message. And a third form is in the area of direction of our lives. In Acts 16, verse 7, we see Luke tell us, that at one stage, Paul, on his missionary journeys, they were praying and they were looking to go to a certain area. And it says there, when they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. Isn't that interesting? That you can go with a great commission. You know God has told you to proclaim the gospel. I need to go make disciples. And then you're doing the right thing, but you need to still be able to discern whether it's the right time. Okay, that's why it's so crucial for us at this time, you know, with all the pressure that we could get from different areas to gather, to say, hey, let's get together physically. Let's be outside. Let's be the church. Hold on. It might not necessarily be what Jesus' spirit is saying to us. Because here we see an example of where that can happen. And so the main idea here from these examples is that I want to say that Primarily, it needs to first happen through God's Word, and His Spirit teaches us, instructs us, directs us by His words. In other words, that is very prophetic. Hearing God is actually prophetic, because it means I'm able to listen and hear what God is saying through His Word and get a revelation and apply it. That's that is prophetic. And for me, that is the fulfillment of the promise that God made, that all people will then be able to hear His voice. Okay, that is, that is on that topic of how do I know that God still speaks today. I'm going to end off here now with the last section, just quickly run over hindrances to knowing God or hearing His voice. I want to highlight two main hindrances. The first one, pride. Matthew 18, verse 2 to 4, Jesus says this, or it says this there, And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. God resists the proud, but he has got grace for the humble. So Jesus calls us to be humble like little children. That has to be retaught. They have to be shown his ways. The second hindrance I want to show or share with you is intellect. Now, I want to be careful here. Hear me very clearly. I'm not saying we shouldn't use our minds. Because in Luke 10 verse 27, Jesus clearly states that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. In other words, all your emotions, with your soul, with your spirit, with your strength, your body, and with your mind. In other words, in other words, your thoughts, your intellect. But what can easily happen is many people think that it's all about information when it is actually about revelation. You see, it's not about the amount of information that you take in, the amount of, of the Bible that you digest. Those things can be good. It is good. But it is about what God does with it, the revelation that you need that, that has to be spoken into your life. John 5, verse 39 to 40, Jesus says this, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me. Matthew 16, verse 17, Jesus had a situation with his disciples where he asked them, Who do the people say I am, and who do you say I am? Peter responds and says, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one to be king. And then Jesus tells them and tells Peter, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In other words, it's not man's teaching. This is a revelation that's needed. It's not that you needed more information. You need the Spirit of God to reveal himself to you. And the last one there, Luke 10 verse 21 in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. So I want to emphasize here under this point of intellect that it is about being prideful in the area of, well, I know so much. I have read so much. I know the whole Bible. But that's all very good and well, but if you do not allow the Spirit of God to penetrate your heart and to renew your mind and to give you a message and understanding or direction through it, it's actually not bearing the good fruit that it should. And that is basically it for this first session, looking at knowing God's voice. We have the Bible as our primary way that God speaks to us in conclusion here. Apart from the Spirit, we cannot understand the Bible. So that is very important. The two go hand in hand together. Many people worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. No, Jesus says it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Bible is sufficient to us. It is, it is complete. But we, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. The second one I want to just emphasize there again in conclusion, knowledge of the Bible acts as a filter through which the events of our daily lives must pass before we can discern if God is truly speaking to us. That is what the Bible is there for. I need to measure what I hear and what I experience to God's standard, His Word. Third conclusive point I want to make is that nothing further will be said. No further revelation is needed to add to salvation. There's no other way that you can be saved other than through Jesus Christ. Okay? And that is important. No revelation, nothing that we hear can be added to Scripture. And then lastly, God reveals Himself to the humble. The question is, are we in that place where we humble ourselves and, and actually become like little children? So, I hope you're with me so far, that you're making notes. <laughs> we're trusting that those of you, we're not sure how many are joining in live this morning, but yeah, we're trusting God has His people ready 
and taking notes. Next up, what we're going to move into is at the end here, we're going to spend some time journaling. And the first exercise that I'm going to do in this practicum is I'm going to work through or throw on a couple of questions, each question at a time. And what you're going to do is you're going to answer each question. It's most probably going to be either a yes or a no and maybe something else that you can add to it. But this is now for yourself. And then after that, we're going to move into an actual listening exercise where we wait on God to speak to us. Okay, firstly, the first exercise and the first question asks this. When you made the decision to follow Jesus, what happened in you that you made that made you think or feel that you needed to do that? How did you know? How could you tell that he came into your life? Spend a, a minute or two to just write down what your response is. Second question, has there been a time when a Bible verse you read seemed to be directed at a particular situation or circumstance you were going through, or a verse seemed to pop out at you? Just a short response to that question, short answer. Third question there. Have you ever read scripture when suddenly a thought came to you that helped you understand that passage in a way that you hadn't understood before? Simple yes or no there. Fourth question. Have you ever heard a sermon that really seemed to be directed right at you? Almost seemed as though the preacher was reading your emails, your text messages. <laughs> Fifth question, have you ever felt a prompting a nudge or an urgency to do or not to do something. And then last question there, are there other ways in which God has maybe spoken to you? Like that example that I gave to you, that person that came and walked up to me and gave me a message or Maybe a dream, or a vision, or a song, or a movie. Okay, the, the big idea with these questions is this. If you had answered any of these questions, yes, or were able to explain a little bit deeper, guess what? You hear Jesus' voice. You have heard his voice, and you know him. Jesus was right. His sheep will listen to his voice. 
Now, exercise two is a little bit more personal, and this is how this is going to work. I'm going to ask us to spend some time with your journal to first do a portion of thanksgiving and praise, where you write down things that you are thankful for, because Psalm 100 verse 4 says, we need to enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Psalm 50 verse 14 to 23 says, sacrifice to God, thank offerings. Okay, that's what you're first of all going to do. Uh, Jonathan is going to quickly put up there an example of what it can look like. What I do in my journal is I use R, capital R for Rudy, and G for God. And I write down next to what I want to say to God. And I say, God, I want to thank you for how good and faithful you are to me. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for the strength I have to do my work for the body that you have given me so that I can enjoy life and exercising in nature. That is an example of what it looks like for me to give thanks. That's what we're going to do first. Secondly, we're going to ask God a question. And the question that I want you to ask Him this morning is very simple. God, what do you like about me? And why? Or what do you see when you look at me? The reason why I want us to ask this question is God is a good God and a good Father. If you're His child, it doesn't matter what you have done. He will tell you what He thinks about you. And what that can look like is, again, you asking that question and you write your name or capital R or whatever for you, and then you listen to what God has to say. And the example that I have up there is where I ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you think about me? And my response there, Rudy, I love your sense of humor. I like the way that you make Jean, your wife, laugh and how you play with your children. It brings me great joy to see how you enjoy the blessing of children. And I respond and I say, Lord, Thank you for the privilege to be a husband and a father. Thank you for how faithful you are in giving good gifts to us. That is what we're going to do now. We're going to play some music, and there's going to be a video playing with some excerpts from Psalm 139. Um, and we want to thank Daryl Augustine for providing that to us. But maybe just spend time listening to the music. Close your eyes. And have your pen ready, ask that question, and wait. And when the thoughts come to your mind, start writing. Don't overthink it, because you will doubt what you hear many times. But just have that conversation. So we are going to do that now.
right? How was that? <laughs> I'm trusting that those of you that engaged in this conversation with God through journaling, that, that you had heard Him. And what we're going to do now quickly here before we worship in response to what He has spoken to us, I'm going to read to you what Psalm 139 Verse 13 and 14 says, about this question, what does God think about you? It's a response and it gives an answer, uh, us an answer. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Would you receive that today? That God says this. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are my handiwork. You have been created in my image and likeness. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Listen, it doesn't matter what your past is. Today, Jesus is speaking into your life a new story, a redemptive story. By His Spirit. Would you receive that today? I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to worship in response to what God is saying. But I want to encourage you. Carry on with this conversation through journaling. And I want to encourage you to go to therocksquamish.com, our website. And there we are going to create a link to the Knowing God series. And on there you will find a PDF that can guide you in this next week, a bit of homework, in having that conversation with God. Because He is speaking. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You that You are a faithful God and that You're a good Father. You've given us the perfect gift of Your Spirit. We thank You that Your Spirit is alive and is speaking through Your Word into our lives. Lord, we accept that by faith. We trust you by faith. We want to walk by faith in your ways. Lord, come and accept our offerings this morning, our thanks and our praise. And come and lead us in your ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.